Almighty God, we thank You that we can come into Your house and we can celebrate who You are and we can glorify Your name. Lord, we can lift You up as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And tonight, God, we choose to put down all our own ambitions. We choose to put down everything that we would carry by choice, Lord, and we surrender it to You in order to pick up Your cross and follow You. Because You are Lord and we choose to serve You with our lives. We choose to worship You with everything we have tonight. Lord, have Your way in this place. Lord, have Your way in this place. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to church. Welcome to church. My name is Phil. You guys can have a seat for a moment. But uh, we're going to have a great time tonight. It's a real expectancy tonight that, that God is up to something in our lives. And so I hope you're, you've come expecting to to encounter what God's doing in your life. So what I want to do to start with, if I could have some house lights, that'd be great, Darren. We could uh, just, are there any visitors here, first time here or second time here? Our lovely host team would love to give you a visitor bag. We've got one just down here behind you, Nikki. Some over there. That's great. So uh, why don't we give it, keep your hand up so we don't miss you. Give our visitors a warm welcome. That's awesome. Anyone else that we've missed? Thanks, guys. It's good to see you here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm in the mood for giving out chocolate. That's a good idea, eh? Well, if you've had a birthday or a wedding anniversary this week, or today, Tyra, why don't you come and join me down here? We'd love to, we'd love to give you some chocolate, but more importantly, we'd love to pray a blessing over you as a family. Bristol. Bex, it's today, right? Yes, Bex from Palmerston North. Everyone give Bex a warm welcome. Yeah. Birthday today, and it's Tyra's birthday today, and it's Grace's birthday today, and Bristol was yesterday. When was your birthday? Last week, and Irene was last week. Any wedding anniversaries this week? Not often in this service. All right, have a chocolate. Okay, we're going to, why don't you stand, church? Stand with us. Reach out your hand. We're going to pray blessing over these, these ones this week. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Give them a round of applause. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, uh, Next Saturday, who can tell me what's happening next Saturday here at this church? Some of you think you know. Ian Green. Everyone say it together. Ian Green. Okay, Ian Green from the UK is just like the funniest guy out. But he's a powerful teacher as well. He came to our conference a couple years ago. You remember the saying he had? The luck of the Lord just turned up. It was amazing. But he's talking about miracles. He's talking about God impacting nations. And he's talking about it happening through us. And so he's here with us this next weekend and really want to invite all of you to come out on Saturday. Uh, he's going to do some teaching. He's going to do some, probably some crazy stuff, but it's going to be definitely worth you being here. So what time does that happen next Saturday? 12.30. Excellent. And the good news is it's free. So you have some lunch. Come on down and have some great times with us. It's going to be awesome. Okay. The other thing I just want to uh, point out is that this Thursday night, we're starting a new class under School of Life uh, called Stepping Into God's Best. 
And if you're someone that wants to press into your relationship with God in a deeper way and understand what He's got for you, then we're running classes over three nights, the next three Thursday nights. And there's brochures out at the Hub. Make sure you get that. If you want to know more about that, come and see me because I'll be there um, this week. Alrighty. Well, why don't you give Alina a warm welcome? She's going to come and share a testimony for us. Come on, give her, give her, give her a bigger shout there. Come on. Come on. Lena's in the house. Hello, one sec. All right, so um, when, like week after week, I've been sitting in church and I've been hearing um, everyone get up and do these really cool testimonies um, about all this cool stuff and about all the people that got saved on the streets and like just in the randomest of places. And I always felt like, like I wasn't in awe of them, but like I was sort of like, man, God does really cool things in people's lives. Um, and I sort of got like a little bit jealous, like God was so evidently working in these people's lives, but I couldn't see anything happening in mine. Um, so I kind of just pushed the thought away and um, tried to ignore it and just let, like I didn't want to be mean, like I kind of just let people do their thing. And then um, in the last two weeks, we've had um, two new babies born into our family. Um, and then amongst all the celebrating, um, that my family was doing of these two births, God started whispering in my ear about how good we have it, um, about how good our lives are, and it got me thinking that maybe God was doing something and maybe He wanted to do more things through me and in me. Um, however, there was a tiny catch. My idea of good in my head looked like 12 salvations, five healings, all these massive prophecies. Um, and then I heard God so clearly say, you can do all that, but in time. And I was sort of like, in time? I want that now. Um, and I said, yeah, God, I want to see those now. And God said, I don't put a training, and doc a training doctor in charge of a surgery by himself. No, I provide doctors to first lead them. And when God said that in time, he was telling me that it was actually important to stand below, in my case, leadership and learn so that, in, so that my in time would become like normal and now. Um, and as I had that really cool realization, um, oh, as cool as that realization was, thinking in the natural, I kind of doubted the whole thing because how easy is it to just push away everything that God says and twist like the words that He says because you don't think they're for you? Um, all the people that I'd ever heard talk about how God was moving in them seemed like they just loved everyone. And I was like, but God, I can't love everyone. And he was like, that's okay because I'm love. I'm in you, so you have all love. And then I was like, but God, those people seemed really patient when you were doing stuff in them. And I was like, I don't have a lot of patience. Um, and God was like, but that's okay because I have all patience. So again, what I have, you have. Um, and, and so on, I kept on like making up excuses and um, using different comparisons as to why like what he said wouldn't be right. But nothing I thought of reasoned with God. And you know why? Because God does not reason or make deals. 
when it comes to his plan. The whole time I had been complaining and sulking about how God hadn't done anything cool through me. Um, but his plan says that he will, and in his plan he says that he wants to do loads of cool things to me. All the promises that he had said to me were really cool things. Um, all of the things that and all of the things that God does in us and through us are like rewards of our obedience. So he trusts you with them because he knows that we're aligned in his call. So I was like, maybe if I realign myself, then like, yeah, like if you if I'm if I can't see anything good happening right now, maybe I wasn't like aligned properly. So I was like, I need to check my alignment. Um, and when I did, I realised that God's goodness didn't mean 12 salvations, even though, like, that's really good. It meant that wherever I have influence, the goodness of God is shown. So, um, for me, I study, so it meant that in my learning environment, I was showing that God was good to everyone through what I do. Um, I work at Bunnings, so it meant taking God to my workplace. Um, taking him home to my family, teaching about his goodness in the ministries that I'm involved in, that's showing God's goodness. It has multiple meanings. Um, what I want you to get tonight is that you don't need to wait for special tools or gifts from God for anything massive to happen. Align yourself with God's plan and he'll do the rest. His plan has no big requirements, no age restrictions. God is all love, he has all patience. And as long as we're in alignment with Him, we have all love and all patience too. Let Him work in you and through you and with you. All the places and all of the places that you go from then, sorry. And then all of the places that you go from then, God is with you and good things will happen wherever you go. Awesome. Wherever. Whenever, be like Jesus, that's right, awesome, thanks Lena, that's awesome. Hey, uh, what I want you to do now is prepare yourself, ready yourself, we're going to share communion together as a family, and I'd like to invite Ashley Bennett to come and share communion, awesome, give her a round of applause, that's great. Can I just say, I'm so proud of Alina right now, I feel like a proud mama, <laughs> watched you grow up over the past how long has it been? Six months of your internship? It's good. You're good. God's doing good things. All right. Well, if you don't know who I am, my name is Ashley. I look after the kids ministry here at Activate Church, and I absolutely love it. Um, and in preparation for tonight, I really felt called to do something that I do with my kiddies on the regular, um, which may seem weird for some of you. But I promise you, um, the outcome is always good. Um, so what we're going to do, if the, if the host team could start handing out the emblems, that would be awesome. Um, I am of the utmost conviction that this Word of God only means something, like truly means something, when we know who God is. And my... I guess you can read words and it's really easy to read words and kind of semi-believe them. But when you read this with an understanding of who God is, even if it's a slight understanding, it means the world. Um, and so in 
tonight, for tonight's communion, I really want us to just enjoy communion with God, just like back to basics, I guess, you know? Like I really want us to just um, dwell in a moment with Him. And so what I'm going to do is, um, once you all have the emblems, I'm going to wait a couple of seconds, is just I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Um, And I'm just going to, along with the worship team, um, allow a space for us to really picture ourselves at that table with the disciples and with Jesus and allow space for you to start discussion and conversation with Him. Because nothing that I say could ever um, compare to what Jesus has to say and the revelation that He wants to instill in you. So we hear the communion story throughout the Gospels, but I'm going to read from Luke just while we're getting ready. Um, this is Luke 22:15, And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is, mine, is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. Heavy word at the end, right? Um, for those of you that don't know, I travel between here and Canada to visit my family. Um, and there's one very significant night that always happens right before I come back here. Um, And that is the last family dinner that we have. In our family, it was a tradition that we ate together. Mum always used to say the family that stays, the family that eats together stays together. And as hard as it was growing up, you know, juggling sports schedules and extracurricular activities, that was the one rule in the house, was that at least two nights a week, we had to be home and we had to eat with our family. And I just, in reading this passage this afternoon, over and over again, I was like, God, surely you've got to say something else. But he was like, I just want to remind my family that I sat down to have a meal with my disciples. This, is my, this was my last family meal, a moment of celebration, but also a moment of almost sadness. You know, the, the somberness of the room, I can only imagine, was, was thick, was heavy. But this realisation that God took Jesus... <laughs> put him here on earth not to do anything crazy and stand on like some massive cloud and preach to everyone on earth he preached to like small groups of people and more than that he taught 12 like he had a family and he sat down and he had a family dinner with them and he made his last moments that that moment of just enjoying celebration with family and conveying to them the importance of communion around a table. We can talk to God all week, anytime we want, every hour of the day, but there's something incredibly special about coming together as a family like we are here tonight and taking communion corporately, you know? 
eating dinner as a family, like taking the blood of Jesus and as a family and, and eating the body of Him as a family because there's something incredibly significant about that in our journey with Him. So what we're going to do is the worship team's just going to start playing some music and um, I just would like everyone to close their eyes if you feel comfortable doing that. And I would really just love you to um, picture yourself at that table. Jesus right next to you, whatever he looks like to you. The feast is laid out. There's laughter and there's banter and there's conversation. And Jesus turns to you out of everyone at the table says, how are you doing? In a moment of awe and pulling yourself away from every other conversation at the table, you realise that you're talking to Jesus. No conversation would ever compare to that. What does he say? After some moments of conversation, the table quietens. Jesus silencing everyone with his voice. Firm, authoritative, but full of love, full of joy. Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. He took the bread, gave thanks and broke it. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper he took the cup this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you silence (laughs) a moment of questioning who's going to betray me who's going to betray Jesus who could do that moment of asking yourself what he means to you and what this moment means we're going to continue in our time of worship but Aaron and I both really felt that this was an incredible space to just linger while you're imagining yourself at that table, if it means closing your eyes or laying on the floor or standing up or sitting down, do what you need to do. But in this moment, just ask Jesus while he's next to you what he wants to say. And I encourage you to take this time of worship to do that.
me that it's a certain way that, that I am, whether it's sitting or standing or, or lying down, a certain bodily position that helps me listen to God better. So whatever that is for you, you find your spot right now and just tune in. Just, just pray over my ears, Lord, what are you saying? I'm just going to have some space for that.
fools with all our beings. We take you at your word. We accept your invitation into life, into resurrection.
person right now Lord standing here in your presence Lord that we would have that desire Lord God to know you closer Lord God to experience your Holy Spirit dwelling in us Lord God we sing out Lord we want more of you Lord down in my soul that I can contain that I can control let it be the cry of your heart I want more of you God I want more of you God set a fire down in my soul that I can contain that I can control I want more of you God I want more of you God set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. 
Lord, we desire to know You closer, Lord. Lord, I pray for every single person here. Lord God, that doesn't quite know You intimately, Lord. I pray that right now, Lord, You would be meeting with them. Lord, I just pray for those that are struggling right now with the with the belief that you love them, Lord, I pray that you would meet with them now. Lord God, I pray for those that can't comprehend that there's a God that wants to know them, surround them. Lord, I just pray that you would surround them with your love. Oh Lord, we just pray, Lord, that your spirit starts speaking to people right now. Lord God, that walls would be falling off right now. Lord, that addictions right now be gone in Jesus' Name. Lord God, those that require healing in Jesus' Name, Lord, healing would come. Lord God, we just pray for Your Spirit to fall. Spirit to fall right now. Lord God, set a fire. Lord God, start a work within people. Lord God, come Lord. for the next 20 minutes Lord that this is a place for your Holy Spirit to move that this is a place that Lord we open up our our lives we break down our walls Lord we just submit to you and say Lord have your way Lord speak to me speak to us as your church Lord God by your Spirit Lord I pray that there's no one here that doesn't experience the power of your spirit this evening. Lord, we honour you. Lord, we glorify you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. How are you doing? Good. I think um, God's, God's got an agenda. I think He always does. But I think Sometimes it's a bit clearer um, than others. And so um, I'm just really believing tonight that um, God's Holy Spirit wants to talk and talk to every single person and touch them tonight. So um, who's keen for that? Great. Uh, so my name is Luke. 
Fibra. Thanks. Thanks, just if you don't know me. Come on, there we go. Um, I lead youth here at Activate Church, and I absolutely love it. It is so exciting. So exciting. We have people like Blake. Blake's the man. Blake's just over here. Wave to everyone, Blake. Yeah. No, Blake's awesome. Blake, you know, every time I have a conversation with him, you can always tell um, youth by just their conversation, um, where their heart is. And just, we were traveling back down from Auckland uh, on Friday night. And just his heart, you know, it was just, just awesome. So I just want to say, you're the man. Um, and just conversations about God, it just flows so easily. And I think that's just what's going on inside you. So, cheer. Um, but, uh, so this year, as a church, we're looking at goodness. Everyone say, goodness. Nice carrying on, whoever that was. Um, but my, uh, oh, band, I was going to tell you not to leave, but that's okay. It's too late now. Um, come up in about five minutes. Um, so uh, we've been looking at goodness uh, this year, and every single speaker's been kind of taking a different angle, I guess, on that, or had their own little uh, kind of uh, series that they're going on, I guess. And I've been looking at Proud to Be, and so uh, this is my third session, so I'm, I'm naming this Proud to Be Session 3, just because I couldn't come up with a better name and it rhymed. Um, and so it's always spiritual if it rhymes. It's just, it's just how it is. Um, and and my, the reason why I wanted to talk about Proud to Be was that we come, the church comes from a huge uh, heritage of people that have changed the world. And that it's in our, in our DNA as the church to be people that changes the world and that God actually works in and through. And so I, I've looked at William Wilberforce, who, uh, who uh, abolished the slave trade through his work in politics. Uh, last time I talked about Dan Bowman, who, who just had incredible intimacy with God and, and just had a miraculous story about, um, about leading people that his captives uh, leading them to Christ just by his goodness and his intimacy with God. And uh, I've got a saying this year, it's if you're not leading culture, culture is leading you. And the fact that we can walk into any environment, this environment is a church, your school, your family, and there's culture. And culture's always shifting, but it's my belief firmly that as Christians, we should dictate culture. That whenever we go into a place, we should be leading that to a godly culture that we should be bringing goodness into that. Romans 12 uh, says this, and I love it. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. This evening, I didn't really want to talk about one person, but uh, a group of people. And uh, this group of people are Nobel Prize winners. Has anyone heard of the Nobel Prize? Yep, most of you. That's fantastic. I'm just going to read you a little bit on it. And uh, I'm not talking about the originators. I'm talking about the winners of the award. 
The Nobel Prize is an annual international prize awarded, uh, first awarded in 1901 for the achievements in physics, chemistry, uh, psychologist, uh, psychology, medicine, uh, literature, and peace. The uh, Associated Prize Economics uh, has been awarded since 1969 uh, and has been awarded to over 850 individuals. There's been 800 across all of the awards since uh, 1901. Uh, according, that was up until 2005. A review of the prize... Uh, Sorry, a review of the Nobel Prize winners between 1901 and 2000, 65.4% of Nobel Prize winners have identified themselves as being Christian. In various forms and religious preferences. So, you know, that goes Anglican and Baptist and all of that and together. Overall, Christians have won 78.3% of no Nobel Prize winners in peace, 72.5% in chemistry, 65.3% in physics, medicine is 62%, uh, economics is 54%, and the only one under 50% is literature at 49.5%. Christians, on the same kind of thing, they say that on this, I'm not really sure if I agree with this figure, but I don't really have the research to disprove it, but it says that Christians make up 33% of the world's population and have earned 65% of the Nobel, priest, uh, Nobel Prizes. What that shows me is that just even in the last hundred years, the just Christians in our world that are changing it is huge. That means, right, in peace, every single other religion, and, and if you add all of atheism to that, if you add them all up together, is less than the amount of Christians that have been awarded for changing this world for the good or adding to society in some way. Um, a peace at over <coughs> 78%. You've got the people like Martin Luther King in there. Uh, you've got Mother Teresa in there. You've got the, a guy from medicine that uh, discovered malaria and how that affects. And there was 400 and something people that I could have just gone and chose through and, and said what they did. It's pretty easy to Google, so you can go find it out for yourself. And I was asking God, I was like, why? What makes Christianity different? Why is it that we are so, so up there in terms of bringing goodness to our world and, and just being recognized for changing and adding to society? I had a real clear sense that it's because the Holy Spirit is active and working in and through people. I, I loved what we're doing tonight and, and just honoring God and worshiping and, and just looking to Him and looking towards His Spirit because the mark of people that change the world, the mark of people that uh, are going out, I believe in the church that will establish change are people that are marked by the Holy Spirit, that have a clear sense and desire that the Holy Spirit wants to do a work in and through them. Uh, William Wilberforce, I spoke on about two, uh, a few months ago, and um, I've been continuing on to do a little research and to read his book, and he's got this book called Real Christianity. 
And it's looking at uh, cultural Christianity versus uh, biblical Christianity. And what's funny is you're, you're reading a book about the culture of Christianity in the 1800s, and everything is still relevant. It's quite insane that the cultural Christianity in terms of how you work if you just come to church every Sunday and, you know, you, you don't actually read your Bible and you kind of just because your parents did. That kind of Christianity hasn't changed uh, in like over a hundred years. And this is what uh, William Wilberforce says about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and he says a lot more than just this, but this is really what has, what has been challenging me over the last two weeks says this, it is virtually impossible to get to a place where you recognize your need for the Holy Spirit and depend on His working when you've created a safe religiosity that is perfectly manageable by your own means and abilities. I'll read that one more time. It is virtually impossible to get to a place where you recognize the need for the Holy Spirit and depend on His working in your life when you have created a safe religiosity that is perfectly manageable by the means of your own abilities. You know, I, I go through, I've been through stages in my life where I can't really feel the Holy Spirit. Has anyone been like that where you've just, everything just feels a bit dry, a bit hard? And I've, I really, I really was searching for an answer about why, why does that? And I've just been having so many conversations recently and, and over my years of talking with youth and they're like, I can't feel God. I, I just, you know, you sing these songs and I just, I just, I just don't feel them. You some of them say, oh, I never have. Other them say, yeah, I, I did, you know, at camps and, and all this stuff. I, I felt God, but, but now I just can't. I don't really know what's going on and what's happening. And God's been speaking, over, uh, speaking to me about one reason for this. And there's, there's different, and there's a few. And maybe... It's because God, all that we're wanting is that God would, that all that we're wanting is for God to, to talk to us inside of our world, right? Inside of our worship, inside of our, inside of our prayer or inside of our little world, that we're not actually believing to go above and beyond, that we're not believing for God to actually speak to us outside of our world, outside of the church world, outside of the buildings, that we're just wanting to feel God when it's convenient for us. That's just saying, okay, at church, I want to know you. But actually, when I'm in my school, I, I'm, I'm completely content with living out my life there. And I felt like, I felt like if Richie McCaw turned up to a rugby game, Right, you play Saturday morning rugby, and Richie McCaw just just shows up, and uh, he's he arrives and he's like, "Hey, I'm happy to play for your team. Look, I just just put me on the field. I, I just I'd love to play, and uh, he you just know he's going to clean up. Be like, now nah, we've got a good team going. I've I, I I'm kind of sorted. I know kind of what I like. I know kind of what 
what our team went. So I don't want, yeah, we, we've got this. We don't win every game, but we got this. So you can just stay there. Sometimes I feel like that's what we do to God. God's like, I want to make your life the best it possibly can. I want, we say the Holy Spirit, I, you know, the Holy Spirit says, I want to do something incredible. I want to work in and through you. I want to touch people's lives. But we go, no, no, I, I'm good with my team. I'm good with the areas of my life. I'm, I'm good with school. I'm, I'm good with work. I'm good with university. Just, just when I come to church, then you can speak to me and make me feel all gooey. But I don't think that's what God wants. He doesn't want to just meet you on a Sunday to make you feel all gooey. He actually wants to be a part of your life. And I think sometimes when we go, God, we only want to meet you on a Sunday, but you don't get any other part of my life, why would he? Why? You're not actually stepping out to change the world. You're not actually letting God be actively involved in your life. You're just sitting there being a cultural Christian, just going... I want to feel warm and gooey. Uh, John 14, 26. If I can get the band to come back up, that would be great. It says this, but the helper will teach you, uh, but the helper will teach you everything and co- uh, sorry, but the helper will teach you everything and cause you to, oh, and cause you to remember all that I told you. The helper is the Holy Spirit. And that is sent, uh, that the Father has sent in my name. I love the word helper there. That Jesus is talking there in John that the helper, the Holy Spirit, the helper is sent by Jesus to help you, to help you. Uh, The word help can also mean uh, someone that advocates, the comforter, the one called to to support someone's side, an aide, someone that pleads before a judge on behalf of someone. The Holy Spirit is here and He wants to help. He wants to be a part of it in your whole life. He wants to meet with you. Romans 8:26 Likewise the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words The spirit helps us in our weakness John 14:16 I will ask the father and He will give you a helper to be with you forever. John 14, 17. The helper is the spirit of truth. The people of this world cannot accept Him because they don't see Him or know Him. But you know Him. He lives with you and He will be in you. I will send a, uh, John 15, 26. I will send, uh, I will send you the helper. The helper is the Spirit who comes from the Father. And it goes on, and Jesus is constantly talking about the Holy Spirit coming down to help, to be a part of your life, to be a part of every single part of your life. And not just church, not just when you come to worship, that you would stand there and and just feel a presence. 
but actually that every area of your life, the Holy Spirit wants to be a part of to help you, to see you be somebody that brings goodness to our world, that brings goodness into uh, your situation, to your family, that you share the love of God. It is virtually impossible to get to a place when you recognize the need for the Holy Spirit and depend on His workings when you have created a safe religiosity that is perfect, perfectly manageable by the means of your own spirit. I love the word recognize there because you need the Holy Spirit if you're going to influence this, influence this world for God. But the fact is you'll only recognize it if you create a place for the, God, for the Holy Spirit to move into your life. If you're so content with just coming to church and ticking the box and living the life as a cultural Christian, then you'll actually never recognize there's a need for God to come in and to, to, to show off in your world, to do something incredible. I really had a sense that tonight there was people here and and you're stuck. Uh, you're stuck in making a choice or you're stuck in the middle of a problem or then maybe there's an opportunity and you just don't know what to do. You just don't know how to act. You don't know uh, what to do. And the thing is that you've never actually, oh, you said, God, help me. But you've never come to Him and really say, God, I just desperately want to hear Your voice. Lord, I want Your Holy Spirit to guide me, to walk with me. Uh, around this whole situation. And tonight I'm really believing that every single person here will have a touch from the Holy Spirit in their life. That you'll get answers in places where you'll start a journey with the whole Holy Spirit inside of you just walking day by day. Acts 18, it says this, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you, you shall be my witnesses in both Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the rem, remotest parts of the earth. See, when you're living a life with the Holy Spirit, when you're walking with Him day by day, you can't help but be a witness. And I remember, and I tell the story at youth all the time, but I remember when I got saved and uh, I was 13 years old and I, um, I went along to a youth camp and it was really cool. And I put my hand up and, and responded. And then the next night we were praying for the Holy Spirit. I spoke in tongues for the first time and it was incredible. And then I came back. I came back to, to my world. I came back to my school. I came back to, to normal life. And it was about two weeks later, one of my friends came up to me and was like, Luke, you've changed. Luke, you're just, you're just a bit different. I think it's that girl. And uh, I knew that it wasn't. I knew instantly. I, I said, oh, how, how, am I, how am I different? And they're like, well, you're less weird for starters. But you're more loving. And you're more kind. And you're, you're more accepting. And it was that the Holy Spirit had come into my life and He was doing a work within me. And other people maybe didn't know what was the cause of it, but they could notice a difference. You see, your life won't be the same when you've given it up for the Holy Spirit to work in 
in you. Acts eleven sixteen, it says this. And I remember the, le- the word of the Lord and how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the word bat- baptize or baptism in uh, Greek, I think, or Hebrew, but it's probably Greek. Greek, thanks, Ben. Uh, is the word baptizo. Everyone say baptizo. This is one of my favorite uh, words that I've ever done research on. Mainly because there's a pickle recipe with the name baptizo in it. So we've got baptism that comes from this word and, and really the original meaning isn't something super spiritual, kind of like we've made baptism to be. But bapt, baptizo, it means to dip repeatedly, to immerse or submerge. They would often use it to describe a, a, a ship in war that has been sunk. The ship has been baptizoed and it had been sunk. It was completely immersed. It was covered. Uh, it's also used in terms of cleaning something that you would baptize or a, a rag or something if you wanted to clean it. Well, the last meaning was to overwhelm. That baptizo would overwhelm. And I think this gives an incredible picture of what being baptized in the Holy Spirit looks like. Is that you're completely submerged. That it overwhelms that there's this cleaning that God starts to to do a work I'd love everyone to to stand up that would be awesome it is virtually impossible to get to a place where you recognize the need for the Holy Spirit and depend on His working in your life when you've created a safe religiosity that is perfectly manageable, manageable by, the me, by the means of your own abilities. I just want everyone to close their eyes. and I know that when I read that for the first time, I, I had to ask myself a few questions that where in my life does the Holy Spirit want to work but I don't recognize that because I'm comfortable before we continue who wants to know the Holy Spirit more just put up your hand a greater greater way cool that's most of you because that's where it starts a desire for the Holy Spirit to constantly be growing in your life to constantly be speaking to you and we're going to sing set a fire again and and tonight I want to I want to pray for every single person that says I want the Holy Spirit to be more in my life I want that feeling of walking my life with the Holy Spirit a part of it. I want to have testimonies like the people up here because they are walking with the Spirit of God and God is speaking to them. And so we'll sing Set a Fire now. And I want it to be the cry of your heart to say, God, I want your Spirit. I want to know you, not just so I can feel warm and bubbly in church, but because 
If I'm going to change the world, I need you. If I'm going to change my world, even my family, my conversations with my friends, my workplaces, if I'm going to see goodness come, if I'm going to see something incredible take place, I need your Holy Spirit. It's my desire for for youth ministry here that, that young people would just be able to come and find God. That throughout the whole city it would be known as a place where God's made that people can meet with God and their life can be helped, that they can learn to live in the fullness of all that God has for them. And and I can't do that by my own needs, by my own abilities, but it's the cry, my cry is that I would learn day by day to have the Holy Spirit working in and through me. And so as we sing this, I encourage you, come out the front if you want God you want God's Holy Spirit a little bit more in you, if you want to experience His Spirit, if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, we'll pray for that too. But we're just going to sing this and I want you to passionately declare that your life is a life that is ready for the Holy Spirit to do a work in and through. Holy Spirit in a greater 
way, just lift your hands up right now. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit, Lord, would right now fall upon every single person here, Lord, that they would know you, Lord, they would have a sense of your Spirit working in them, Lord, that they would be filled, that they would be baptized, Lord, that there would be a surrounding, all-compassing, Lord, your Spirit in their lives. Lord, I pray that this church, Lord, would be marked with a difference because of your power working in and through us, Lord. So, Lord, we just declare, Lord, that we are a people that are chasing after you. Lord, that are ready and willing for your Spirit to invade our lives, to work in, Lord. Lord God, and I pray that we would be a people of courage that to step out, to listen to you. Lord God, we just pray right now as we sing, Lord, let your Spirit come to fill and Lord, set a fire in every single heart, Lord, right now. Lord God, we thank you. Lord God, we honour you, Lord.
Spirit came that we would receive power from on high. And the manifestation of that in the middle of the city of Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost was a rushing wind and a sound that shook the city. And people were filled with the power of God. And, and that's what we're going to do now. Luke's built a, a brilliant platform for us to step into that sacred place where we have an infilling of the Holy Spirit. And we want to do that by the laying on of hands. And so I want to create a place. I know you guys usually hang it over there, but tonight if you want to be prayed for, for a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life, then I want you to come right out into the middle here. And we will pray with every single one of you. We will have some leaders come out. We will lay our hand on you. And we, will, we are expecting by faith that the power of God will come down from heaven and will impact you in a powerful way. There's no place I would rather be than in that place in the sweetness of the presence of God where His power comes upon me to equip me and transform me for the work He has for me. If you want to respond to that, then I'm calling you out now. Don't delay, don't wait. Come and stand right up in the front here. If you want someone to pray for you, and we will get our leaders to move through the group, and we will pray, and God will meet you in this place, and you will receive power on high from the Holy Spirit.
mighty God in heaven, we thank You that You come and that You're so near to each one of us. We thank You that Your presence is so rich and so sweet. And it's free to every single one of us who would come to surrender ourselves before You. Lord, I declare a blessing over each family represented here. That the peace of God would settle on each one like a dew. Thank you, God, for the work you're doing by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray this blessing would be one that we would carry tomorrow to school, to work, to the community, to the places we travel. And God, as we carry your goodness, we carry with it a sense of your purpose and your identity for each one of us. That you are the God who loves us and calls us into the richness of the life that you have for each one of us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Church, as we continue to minister here, we're going to close the service off. You're welcome to stay. You're welcome to come and find someone if you want some prayer specifically about something. Please come and find one of us leaders. So have a great week. Remember to be purposed in your giving as you go. We have giving stations in the foyer. Um, Have a great week. I look forward to seeing some of you on Saturday at Ian Green. Amen. i